Hello, everyone. It is Bryson NFL here. Otherwise, friends, most people call me Bryson NFL in real life, though. LB. What is going on, my friend? Well, I have to say I can totally relate to that. I know like I was uh, walking down the street the other day and um, a bunch of people, they saw me and they were like, yo, that's LB NFL from Twitter. Uh, whereas in the past, they'd say, hey, look, there's LB underscore NFL from Twitter. Or for a while, it was Bangra zero Nandez. It was. It's been interesting, man. It's been. It's been a real interesting day for sure. Uh, I know that you have a lot to get off your chest. How was your workout, big guy? Okay, for all title talk listeners, you've come here to listen to Bro Science. I'm guessing. And Ob and I love the gym. We love it very much. So I'm going to start off with the gym corner, stolen by Bill Simmons. I don't care. We're going to steal it. So today in the gym, kind of had a little meltdown inside of my own head, not externally, but internally, certainly, because this was a very big problem. Look, LB, there's a certain way you go about gym stuff, and there's a certain etiquette, and everyone knows the rules if you've been in the gyms. Like, you put put up your weights, you know, um, don't scream too loud, you know, you don't want your music blaring too loud if the gym's kind of small. Just kind of be respectful of other people's space, et cetera, et cetera. There's some very basic guidelines you got to know. And LB, noise is a big thing in any environment you're in, especially in the gym. When I'm at the gym, I expect to hear sounds. And these sounds have to be either weights clanging or the sounds you make when you lift heavy objects repetitively, whether that's them hitting the ground or you grunting a little bit or even some counting. Not only... Do I expect to hear this stuff? But hearing this stuff is good, and the sounds are good. And if I don't hear the sounds, I'm actually not at the gym, and I have no idea where I am, and my life is in full flux and chaos. Because, LB, if you're at church, if I sat you in a church with a blindfold and bells rang and you heard church bells, you'd be like, yep, that's it. I'm in church. Let's go. Church mood. If you're at a daycare and you don't know you're at a daycare and you hear babies screaming and crying and all sorts of stuff like that, you're going to be like, yep, I'm in a daycare. Yep, perfect. So these are where these sounds are okay. And individually, these sounds are okay. Where I don't want church bells in my gym, I don't want babies screaming in my gym, and neither do I want weights clanging in the church or babies screaming in the church. We all know this stuff. So there is a kid at my gym screaming, this kid's probably like six months old. So don't bring your kid that's under 12 to the gym. Like, I'm trying to get my reps in. I'm trying to count. I'm doing all sorts of dumb stuff, like looking at myself in the mirror. Just stuff that you don't do in normal life because it's very – lifting weights is a very primitive function we do. We are like literal, literal monkeys when we do this stuff. Like, we are just – we revert back to our basic – Stuff that we do, we've been doing for thousands of years as humans. Lifting is one of the oldest things we've done. And I need to concentrate and figure this out for myself. I don't need your baby screaming in my face while I'm repping out on the squat rack, okay? I hate leg day as it is. Like, you know, LB, leg day sucks. And today I decided to pair it with back and shoulders. So it's even more hard when you have to do legs and upper body, like the blood's flowing all, all through your body. It's very intense. So on my very first set, your baby is crying in my face and I don't even have headphones in because you know why? Because when I go to the gym, I don't expect to see your stupid baby at my gym. So get your baby out of my face, freak. No more babies at the gym. No more kids under 12. And if you do this, you should not only be exiled from the country of the United States of America, you should be thrown in prison for I don't care how long. End rant. Look, I, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. You know, I, I, I do find it kind of – I'm a little surprised. You, you've always seemed to me like, like, a, like a headphones in prison kind of guy. Headphones in prison. <laughs> headphones at the gym kind of guy. So I'm a little surprised. Why is it that you don't wear headphones at the gym? I lost Just for mine. those – I lost my. Okay. 
<laughs> he lost it. That's actually pretty funny. So like, I'll be even if I even if I did have my headphones, you know, I would be hearing. I know for a fact I'd be hearing this baby in my face, and there would be a baby in the gym, so I'd be incredibly distracted. Like, I need to see normal things in the gym, not a baby. Look, let's just uh, let's just all be realistic here for a minute, and I don't care where you are. Baby screaming is the most annoying shit. Like, it's it's awful. It's awful. Nobody wants to hear that, man. Like, growing up, I was always told, like, my, my parents always told my, my brothers and myself, my brothers, yeah, that sounds right, my brothers and myself, they always told us that, like, we were, like, always quiet, we didn't scream in movie theaters and all that, and, like, okay, so maybe your kid does cry out in public. Stop taking them out in public, man. Like, these people who, it's just as bad, like, taking your kid to the movies, like, let's go to the movies, and I'm going to put my baby in front of this giant screen that has all this crazy shit going on, all these crazy noises, and people getting, like, and people expect their kid to not scream at the top of his lungs. Babies crying is the most annoying thing, man. Like, when I'm grocery shopping and I hear that shit, I just want to blow my brains out. It's honestly terrible. Like, and I'm with you, man. You know what we said the other night? Well, who was it that we were saying? Um, those those people who tweet stuff about like system quarterbacks and people who bring their babies to the gym—they're the same people, man. I'm telling you, they're the same exact person. Yeah, no doubt about it, LB. You know, if you want to be that person to go into a gym and just destroy all social normalities we have and just eviscerate the very soul of my being of knowing what the hell a gym is by bringing your baby in and just destroying all areas of my knowledge of this being because a baby is not supposed to be there then go ahead but just know that you're a destructive human being you're not fit for society these are bad people we're talking about here. The people that do these things, they're bad people. They need to be watched. I'm telling you, 24-hour surveillance. Like, remember those kids? I remember you had a tweet not long ago about the, the kids who were going around, like, licking ice cream and all that. And I remember you said that um, you would devote every resource in the country to stopping this. Well, I'm with you, man. Maybe it's time. I think it's that time where we just start using every resource we have to put an end to these people, man, because I've had enough. I think society has had enough. Me too, LB. I'm, I'm glad you agree. I'm really glad you allowed me to get that off my chest. And I'm thankful we have this platform so I can get this stuff off my chest so I'm not being crazy in public to babies. So I can just I can just be like, just relax, Bryce, and you'll be able to talk shit about this baby on your podcast. Well, look, I mean, you don't see J.J. Watt doing box jumps and shit from like 14 feet. And like in the background, you just hear a baby screaming. You know what I mean? Because that would be terrible. Like, oh, yeah, there. There's the baby just crying at the top of his lungs while I do my bench press. I mean, come on, get out of here with that nonsense. Like, why are you bringing your kid to the gym? You know, you know what? Why do people have kids in the first place? Can we just put an end to people having babies? Can we just stop doing this whole baby thing? Maybe just period. Wow, Hobie, you are you're preaching to the choir right here. No more kids. End <laughs> human existence. I'm all for this. But the other thing I want to talk about my day, LB, is actually it's a it's a very uplifting part of my day. And that was I walked into CVS today to get my daily monster because I'm a freak and I love caffeine. And the cashier is a Dolphins fan, and we talked about this. Of course, I know he's a Dolphins fan. I frequent the CVS very often. And he was like, so do you think the Patriots are going 16-0? And immediately I say, I'm just trying to take it week by week. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And then I immediately <laughs> thought, Holy shit, I just did a Bill Belichick press conference, and I was – I don't know why I said that, but that's exactly what I just said. I'm telling you right now, I swear to you, I have said this in the past that, like, Belich Belichick has seriously brainwashed, like, an entire region. But, like, I do the same thing, man. People will be like, look, oh, well, blah. I'm like, look, man, you just got to take it one game at a time here, buddy. You know, they're 1-0. They're playing good football. But I know they won 40-7, to but, you know, they didn't look great stopping the run the other day. That's a little worrisome. Like, does any other fan base do this crap, or are they just like – yeah, well, my team's seven and zero. They're going sixteen and zero. They're not losing a single game, and they're the best team. At, like I swear, it's just us. It's like this crazy thing that Belichick has done to us. Because I swear to you, I do the exact same thing. And like, I feel like it's just Patriots fans who do that. Like, people will be like, like we all talk crap, but at the same time, like when the team loses, like. We usually get there's there's definitely those Patriots fans that are awful. They're just like, look, the team sucks. They're not winning anything this year. Zero walls. And then there's the group who's like, look, man, you know, it was, it was one bad game. They have a lot to work on, but they're still a very good team. You can't win them all. 
And then there's like us who are just like, hey, man, you know, one game at a time. You know, then there's the ones like us who talk about even practice. We'll be like, look, Sony obviously isn't good at this in practice or else he would be doing it in the games. I swear Belichick has like brainwashed us all into just being absolute freaks. Like we can't just we can't just be like, yeah, man, no, they're going 16 and 0. Like you said, one one game at a time, baby. One game at a time. Only control control the noise, man. Ignore the noise. Do your job. We're still here. What was what was the one from a couple years ago? One Go more. Patriots. Go Patriots. <laughs> you know, it's funny because LB, like, you know that Family Guy episode where Lois is like running. She was running for president, right, or mayor or something. I believe it was mayor. She was I've like seen every episode, so I'm curious to hear this now. Yeah. She would just start saying something and no one would care. And then she would say stuff like 9-11 is bad. And everyone yeah. would cheer because, of course, 9-11 is bad. Well, this morning I had a non-Patriots tweet and, like, no one cared, obviously. So at the, I just tweeted at the end. I said, go Patriots. Do your job. Just just an obligatory, like, just to get the people going because that's it. What that's what they want to see. Go Patriots. <laughs> go Patriots. So you can say literally anything. Just be like, socialism, socialism is bad. Your job. Do your job. Ignore the noise. You know control what? what you can control. You know what they have to control? Something they don't have to control. Actually, it's a. It's very nice. Eli Manning, done. He's not gonna haunt the Patriots anymore. You know, we all pray that Daniel Jones stays healthy. But Eli Manning, <laughs> Eli Manning, f off. Eli Manning's done. The Patriots play the Giants on Thursday night football. Eli Manning's done. Sterling Shepard's done. Evan Ingram's done for this game, anyway. Saquon Barkley's done. Like literally everyone for the the Giants' offense that is remotely good at football isn't playing. But there's just Daniel Jones and Nate Solder, essentially, and some young wide receivers, young players. Had decent offensive line, but again, they're playing the Patriots on a short week at home. With the best defense in the NFL, a defense that we compared last podcast, per football outsiders, way better than the 15 Broncos, the 17 Bears, the 13 Seahawks, better than those teams. It's a very good defense. Daniel Jones against the Vikings looked okay to me. He wasn't good in his game, two games previous to that, so take that for what it's worth. But he looked like a competent NFL quarterback. I gave him a B plus for his Vikings game just by watching it. Had no idea what the stats were. Could not care less, but he looked like an okay quarterback. So for the Pats defense, it's more like, um, the, I don't know what the game plan is because there's so few bad players, but it's just like put a man on someone and just lock everyone down and just send Jamie Collins and Michael Bennett and those guys to do very fast things against Nate Solder because he struggles with shorter pass rushers, speed rushers. Remember Dwight Freeney in the Super Bowl? Like Nate Solder got, gets bodied by shorter players, even Everson Griffin last week. So just like the Patriots have all sorts of guys that are going to give the, the Giants interior offensive line and Nate Solder a whole bunch of problems. So whatever the spread is, I'm just thinking about that in the Giants offense. It's not enough, LB. The Giants offense stinks. Just singularly talking about the offense. Well, I mean, everything you just said, that's all good and great. But really, the whole key to the game is um, Eli Manning not playing. Big. That's, that's big. it. I mean, that's it. That's the game. That's the game plan. LB, he's a Hall of Famer, people say. It's incredible because, honestly, I, I've always thought of him as a very – in my my opinion, he was never a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Probably, Question. you know, maybe top eight. Uh, maybe top 10, never top 10 wasn't fair, but I don't think he was ever top eight. What's the question, good sir? Question, LB. If Eli Manning played every single game in his entire career against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, is he the GOAT? Oh, he's the greatest quarterback ever. He's <laughs> just making clutch throws all over the field. Like, I don't get it, man. I, you know, every time they play the Giants, and, I, and this is the honest to God truth, man, even when it's preseason, you got to admit, there's that little thing. There's that little, like, just thing in the back of your mind, like, whether it's preseason, whether it's, you know, regular season, no matter what it is, man, there's always that little thing in the back of your mind that's like 18 and 1, 0 and 2 in the Super Bowl versus this team. 
I don't care what it is. You got to admit, even preseason games, does it ever creep in your mind just seeing those uniforms like this is the team that the Patriots are owing to in the Super Bowl to? This this team right here that was led by Eli Manning. Like, man, the key is – here's what worries me is that Daniel Jones, he looks like really stupid. He looks like really dumb, and he looks kind of dumb like Eli. That worries me. I think we should all be very worried that he looks kind of stupid and that he looks like he has the IQ of 14 because those are the quarterbacks who seem to like kind of do good things against the Patriots. You know, Daniel Jones has that stupid ass face and I could just see that being a problem tomorrow night. You know what? I really could too. It's always the dumb ones. LB. And Daniel Jones, you know, he's played the last two games before the Vikings game pretty badly. So obviously it would be his time. The Giants, <laughs> it's like the Giants' miracle to just walk into the into Foxborough on Thursday night, and Daniel Jones lights him up for 500 yards and is the greatest quarterback of all time for one singular game against the one of the greatest defenses in the modern era. I mean, truthfully, it's like there, the the one thing that does maybe worry me a little bit is that Thursday night football factor. Does that worry you at all? Just that it's a short week. We've seen good the, the Patriots not play their best football against. Yeah, some of those it yeah. does, right? Yeah, because Philip Dorsett's out, and that's the main thing. Look, I don't think you can win a football game without Philip Dorsett. I mean, you just can't. He's the best wide receiver. Wide receiver one, some would say. Absolutely, Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman are questionable. If one of those players still can't play and the Patriots can't move the ball against the Giants, I would be very worried. Transition to the pass offense. If you watch a Vikings-Giants game, the Giants' pass rush is not good at all. Kirk Cousins was literally standing all in the pocket all day long with what a Vikings offensive line, which is not very good. And the, the Patriots kind of had a get-right game last second half against the, against the Redskins. They moved into the top. They're now number 12 in run blocking. And I think they're number 11 in pass blocking now, at least by adjusted sack rate. It might be a little bit worse just because Brady gets the ball off so fast. But it's another great get-right game for the Patriots offense. They can run a lot of play action. They can get Sony involved. They can take advantage of the middle of the field where the Giants really struggle because their defense is extremely slow and their linebackers love creeping up on play action, as linebackers do. So I expect Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon – Rex Burkhead's going to play, you know, Sony Michelle, all these guys, Ryan Izzo, eat up the middle of the field, eat up, eat up the intermediate parts of the field, and maybe we'll see Tom Brady take some deep shots in the slot to Josh Gordon because the Giants' slot corner is not very good. I tell you, I think that this game, you know, I think the Patriots should win. I'm not feeling a blowout just because of the short week thing. Um, I feel like everything you just said is totally accurate. You know, I, I don't think anybody should pick the Patriots to lose, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it's like a 20 to three to, you know, seven or a 23 to nine kind of win, just because of some of the things you just said. Same time. I just, we've had this talk a few times and we've had it a lot actually so far this year where I just can't see the giants, you know, how do they get down the field? All their guys are out. If Barkley was playing, I'd actually be worried. Because I know you're not big on running backs, but, but Barkley, to me, he's the best in the game right now. Yeah, he's I know good. he hasn't, you know, I know he hasn't done it as long as some other guys. But, I mean, what we saw from him as a rookie, I just think he's the best in the game. I think he's a threat in the passing game. I think he had 90 receptions as a rookie. He's out. If he was playing, I'd, I just I just can't picture it, man. I mean, you know, you know a lot of this stuff better than I do now. I know that you um, – You've been doing a lot of homework on this stuff lately. In your opinion, can you? How do you see the Giants scoring points in this game? I just even three. I say nine points, and then I think, yeah, but that means they got the ball down the field a few times and they kicked three field goals. I I don't even know if I can see that. How many pass interference challenges do you get per half? One, two per game total. You know, I'm not sure about that penalty. I've asked people about these rules. Somebody asked me the other day, "What are the rules on this?" I'm usually good at the rules. I think it's two per game. So if you're the Giants, theoretically, if you're trying to get down the field, you got to just go at one of the Patriots. You just got to run verts at the Patriots and throw them up and just pray for P.I., right? Like you just could be throwing Hail Marys and just throwing the flag for P.I., throwing the challenge flag. That's what you got to do here because the Giants offense. You know, it's crazy. I struggle. 
I have a ton of respect for that organization, but since Tom Coughlin left, it's just not that same, you know, that that same fear in the back of your mind. I just don't see how the Giants can win this football game. That's not just me as a Patriots fan. That's me as a football fan. I, I mean, I don't think anybody can see the Giants winning this game tomorrow night. Like, like you said, it would need to be a miracle. Like they would dub it some sort of name for like some crazy, crazy miracle that happened. No disrespect to the Giants. You know, they have some really good players, but none of them are playing tomorrow. Angram, Beast, love that guy. My God, I would love to see him in a Patriots uniform. He's out. Shepard, I think that uh, I know a lot of Patriots fans wanted Shepard this offseason. He ends up getting a contract extension after they trade or before they trade OBJ, whatever order it's in. You know, they they made him their, their number one. It's just, I don't see it, man. You know, and Jones, I don't know if he's any good yet or not. He does look better than Eli. He did a good enough job to beat Tampa Bay down there in Tampa Bay a few weeks ago. Like you said, he's been pretty bad since. I mean, he's, as far as these quarterbacks we've seen so far, where would you rank Jones among them? You mean like in the NFL? Well, compared to Ben was hurt, you know, McCoy was just, he looked scared, man. He looked like a man who was better than McCoy. I'd say he looked really shook last week. I mean, at least when you're a rookie, you don't know what you don't know. He's coming into Foxborough. He just, he doesn't know the difference between Foxborough and you know, the, his, his shitter. I mean, he doesn't know what the hell. Daniel Jones on, on time is usually looks decent against the Vikings, but the Patriots, there's no doubt about it. They're at home. They're going to do some very confusing stuff to Daniel Jones. (laughs) It's going to be bad. And that's also LB. That's actually kind of a good transition into just talking about the Patriots defense overall because we were just appreciating them. I want to kind of compare the Patriots defense and the overall team to years past and years past that they won the Super Bowl. So Patriots DVOA overall, their team is higher than every year they won the Super Bowl in the modern era so far. Their defense is better than any defense they've had in the modern era. Their offense is actually, right now, adjusted a little bit underrated. It's on. I'm looking at it right now. Their offense is on par with... Uh, maybe it isn't. And maybe it isn't underrated, but it's not the worst offense considering this is kind of a league. This is kind of a down year in offense this year, honestly. Like, even the Chiefs are, had just had a down game. And I think offense overall, a quarterback play is kind of actually down this year. I actually like seeing that, by the way. Yeah, it's actually kind of cool. So the Patriots, the Patriots team overall, right now, best team of the 2010s with these. Thoughts? I'll tell you, that's boy. I, you know, I would, I, I would like to see them play a, a, a better opponent. But the Bills are playing phenomenal defense. Their quarterback sucks. I mean, I am not buying into any of the quarterbacks they got there. They blow. Josh Allen. I'm sorry, that guy smells. And he's that's the best team they've played. But you know what? They won. It was in a tough environment. To me, that was a really good win. It was one of those wins. It was one of those wins that you need to have if you want to be a championship football team. Certain wins you see and you think that was a championship football win. It's not always about blowing teams out because sometimes, man, you blow a team out, you learn nothing about your team. You can really learn a lot about a team when they go into a team like Buffalo. They beat them. They get the win. Going on the road last week in Washington, maybe he's not starting as fast as they would have liked. But they ended up proving that they were the much better team. Road football wins. This is a great thing that I heard. Actually, I was playing Madden. I think it's Charles Davis that said this. And he said that um, a former coach once told him, when you go on the road in the NFL and you win a football game, you get the hell out of there like you just stole something. And it's true. It's not easy. You need to appreciate road wins. The Patriots now, they've won back-to-back games on the road where it was tough in Buffalo. It started off a little bit slow in Washington, but they ended up just – proven how much better of a football team they are than the Redskins. This team, in regards to the other 2010 Patriots teams that we've seen, really we're talking here 2014, 2016, and 2018, of course. 2014 feels like We always think of them as like the most talented Super Bowl team they've probably had because their schedule was brutal. They had all those games where they beat division leaders. Um, They set a record in that year for like beating teams that were um, division winners at that time. I think they had like four straight games and they only lost to one of them. I think they lost to Green Bay and Green Bay. 
So when I really try to compare it, obviously it's early. This defense feels like the best group. Uh, as far as talent goes, I, I was thinking, I know I asked you a little bit earlier, and I was surprised to hear your reply on this. Comparing this defense to 2014, it feels like this defense would probably be better, right? It has a deeper secondary. I would say they have better linebackers, and their defensive line's awesome. I mean, they had Will Fork in 2014, but when I would say that really we would probably have to compare 2014 to this team, right? I mean, I know the 2016 Patriots were 14-2. and two. I don't think last year's group was nearly as talented as other teams that we've seen win the Super Bowl for the Patriots. But where do you rank them? You pit these two teams against each other, the 2014 Patriots and the 28, 2019 Patriots. Who do you think is the better football team, really? I, I, guess, I think that's what it comes down to. Well, I've got the 2019 Patriots, and I think their defense is a lot better. And something that we can actually talk about right now is why is the defense so much better right now? They're playing a lot better, obviously. I mean, DVOA has them as far, far better, like, I just said they're one of the best defenses in modern era right now. And, of course, we'd like to see them play better teams and see how it happens. But they just held the Rams to three points in the Super Bowl. And I think the main thing is, like, in the past, Patriots defense have been a little bit slower. And they've been a little bit slower in the past. Even guys on the edge, like James Harrison's playing the edge, et cetera, et cetera. Now the Patriots are... They have Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy, Hightower, John Simon. These are all guys that can set the edge. They can set the edge, play the run, and they can also rush the pass a little bit. And also, they're a little bit fast. Dante Hightower is looking a lot faster. Kyle Van Noy can cover. Jamie Collins is also very fast. So it's, it's pretty hard for NFL offenses to score against this team. I mean, Stephon Gilmore is extremely fast. John Jones is very fast. And in 2019... I mean, J-Mac, D-Mac, Patrick Chung, if you think of him as an inside linebacker, which is mostly what he plays, kind of. He's a slot defender that plays a lot in the box. He's fast for a linebacker. Like, this, it's Bill Belichick's defense with basically, for that role in their defense, the most versatile and also the best that you could have for that position almost. Like, they're, very, they're so fast and they're so smart. And in 2019... You have to just cover, be able to cover a whole lot of ground, and they're fast, and they they're smart, so they can react well. They they're obviously fast, they're strong, and then they have the guys inside also, this they can stop the run. Lawrence Guy, Danny Shelton, Adam Butler, Michael Bennett, all these guys are very good, and it's just kind of like a perfect defense. Like it just really is a perfect defense. There's like if you had to say, well, I wish the Patriots were better at fill in the blank. For their system, you would have a very hard time saying that. Like, John Simon would not be good if you expected him to be a pass-rushing edge, but he's not that. All he has to do is set the edge and cover, which he can do. He's fast. And he also sometimes, occasionally, is pretty good rushing the passer. Same with Jamie Collins and Dante Hightower and all those guys. Like, they're just they're just playing lights out. They're fast. They're strong. They're, they set it the best. They're the boogeymen. That there's a reason for it. Also, shout out to our boy Gronk for the edits he made today in Kyle Van Noy's contest. Which, by the way, Kyle Van Noy, you should absolutely pick Gronk. Oh, he needs to pick Gronk. Gronk, he's going overtime on these. He's doing a phenomenal job. That's our guy, Gronk or Die. I think there's a zero in there somewhere. He's on Instagram. I think he's BlitzFX. Totally worth a follow on any platform. Gronk, he's phenomenal at what he does. Dude, this defense is so fast, man. Like, I was... It really hit me Sunday when I was watching, and we, we actually touched on this a little bit the other day on our podcast, how fast they look. And I even said, man, I was watching that Kansas City defense. They felt slow, dude. Like, I'm just watching everything the Colts do. They're just getting up the fold. The, the, the fold. They're getting up the field really fast. Everything looked fluid. They just – I'm watching – this is when I realize how fast the Patriots defense looks is when I watch other defenses, if that makes sense, man. I watch other defenses and I think, yeah, they're pretty good, you know, and it's a good defense. And then when you watch the Patriots, it's like there's 11 guys right there all around the football. Even on the play that they scored, there was guys there. I'm used to years past where the Patriots get beat on a big, goofy play and there's nobody, like, in sight. I mean, there were guys around, at least. I mean, it's just, hey, the, the Redskins ran a great play. It was a great play design. They executed it perfectly. They made They made the better play. But there were guys there. There were guys in positions. I know that you've said that Collins kind of was expecting um, Harmon and um, McCourty to make the tackle. He might have slowed down a little bit. But, 
I mean, dude, this defense feels so fast. And I love what you just said, where you said they're like a perfect defense because, man, you're so right. And I know I haven't been a huge Bennett guy, but if he does stick around, there's no denying how good he's been when he's on the field. If his role continues to grow, forget it. I mean, he's just – I don't – like you just said, it's a perfect defense when your slot corner runs like a 4-3 and your number one corner is Stephon Gilmore. And then you got Jason – you know, you got Jason McCourty out there. You got J.C. Jackson out there playing really good football. You got Devin McCourty who's maybe playing the best football of his life. Harmon, who I'm not really a Harmon guy. I mean, he's just whatever, I guess. I mean, but he's not bad. He's not a bad football player. And then you have Patrick. Ch- I mean, like you said, what, what's the hole? Where are the holes on this defense? They cut some really good players. A guy like Mike Pennell, who was a nice signing for them in the offseason. We thought he would be a big factor of this team. De- he didn't even make the team. <laughs> I mean, they got a guy like Adam Butler playing out of his mind. They got all these other guys just playing really good football. John Simon's doing his job, man. Chase Winovich, who has been fantastic. I mean, you and I kind of love to clown on him a little bit during the offseason because he's kind of a weird guy. He's seen. I mean, he's playing outstanding. I mean, like you said, wh- where are the holes when you look at this defense? Where are the holes? Wh- what are they weak at? What's their weakness? Being bad. <laughs> their weakness is exactly their, their weakness is sucking. I guess like that's like the one thing that they they can't do is that they can't suck. Like I like you said, man, and it's something that I've tried to drill home to people because they love to say about the schedule. The Chargers came into Foxborough last year, best road team in the NFL, 8-1, and one, got their asses kicked. The Patriots defense just, they gave up that one play to Allen. There might have been some junkyard plays, but the defense owned them. For a whole entire half, they held Patrick Mahomes to zero points. And then they kind of let up in the second half, whatever the hell happened. But that first half performance, we saw the entire game versus the Rams, who, by the way, was the 11th all-time scoring offense. And they just completely embarrassed him. I mean, they they made Jared Goff look like he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. And he's really, he's truthfully, he's not the worst quarterback in the NFL. He's he's not great. He's not, and he, you know, but he's also not as bad as they made him look. They made him look like a, like a clown. Sean McVay is a very good football coach. One of the best football coaches in the game today. And they made him look like a bozo. I mean, this really all goes back to last. Last year, when they decided to just, they turned it all on, man. It's all looked good ever since. They haven't looked back. It's been, it's been amazing. It's been an incredible run. Absolutely, LB. Something real quick that I'd like to talk about. Of course, um, we were talking about the Chiefs' offense earlier and how the Colts beat them. And I'd like to just, just throw out a hypothesis, a very, I think a very good hypothesis that you may or may not agree with, but we're talking about controlling the ball and beating teams like Kansas City. Some people will say, well, you run the ball to control the offense. I, Bryson says, myth. You know what controls the ball? Third down conversions. See AFC Championship game overtime. You know, you can run out of bounds now and the clock doesn't start. Stop. If you if you just run out of bounds, if you complete a pass, which for most quarterbacks, it's 70 percent of the time, the clock's going to run. So you can control the clock by passing. You can also control it by running. That's also a good thing. I'm not saying it's not a good thing, but to control the clock and control the ball, you can't turn the ball over and you have to be really good on third down. For example, Super Bowl forty nine. Patriots, really good on third down. Passed the ball 50 times. Didn't run the ball a whole lot. It didn't matter because they controlled the ball by third downs. Super Bowl 52. The offense, you think it was great? They were th- they were 4 for 12 on third down, whereas they were 57% and 49. They didn't control the ball, and the Eagles had the ball a lot more than they should against the Patriots defense. It was very slow. And while the Patriots defense did a good job, they just didn't do enough and they didn't control the ball because they weren't good on third down. So if you're playing a defense, a team like KC with a good offense, your best defense is literally to convert on third downs on offense and don't give the other team the ball. I don't really care how you do it, but you have to figure out ways to do it. And if you become too predictable and you run the ball a little bit too much, then you run the risk of them getting the ball back, you getting stopped. And I've seen how that works, run, run, pass. It gets very tough. So you just really have to be a good offense, and you'll, for the most part, control the ball. It's funny because this is something that we actually talked about 
it's 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 weird. It's funny that you say this. I'm trying to think of the the right way to put this. So, you and I, we actually had our own kind of debate going on in the chat for a while about this. I know that there was kind of two sides of it. There was kind of your side, my side, and I think Sammy and I kind of agreed on this. You you kind of had other thoughts on it where you were more thinking of it in the run aspect, but I I can I can kind of piggyback that right. So, I totally agree with everything you just said, and I do agree that it's not necessarily about just running the ball to com- to control the clock because it's it's not exactly true. Um, I will say this. This is something I said to you at, at one point in the chat. As I said, sometimes getting up the field like barn burners isn't a good thing. And what I mean by that is sometimes getting a first down on first down can actually be counterproductive. That sounds insane, right? But you look at what the Colts did. Just about all of their drives are going first down, then you got second and six, you know, then you got third and two and you keep converting those third downs. And it's like, you're just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away one little piece at a time, just chipping away, man. You know, first down again, second and three, first down again, second and eight, third and three, first down again, second and six. You know what I mean here? And so sometimes it can actually be so beneficial to your offense to just be slow and steady, methodical, Sometimes getting up the field too fast, getting first downs on first down. This is how I actually said in the chat. It sounded crazy. Sometimes getting first downs on first down can actually be counterproductive when you're playing a team like the Chiefs. Because that's kind of what they want you to do. They, they know their defense blows, right? I mean, they, they know they're going to give up some points. The idea is, okay, if we're going to give up some points, let's just give them up real quick so we can get Patrick Mahomes back on the field. He's going to go down the field, score for us. Maybe our defense will make one or two stops, and, you know, we're in business. Realistically, when you want to beat a team like the Chiefs, just look at that time of possession in the second half. Oh, my goodness. It was just insane. The Colts just – they just kept converting third down, man. It was, it was just about more often than not. It was third and two or they were doing those little swing passes out of the backfield. They didn't look like much. They were picking up six yards and they would just hand it off, get another three yards. Then they're on third and one they're converting those. Third down conversions are just killers for a defense. It's demoralizing, man. I mean, you give up one and you say, oh, man, and then you give up another and then you give up another. And by the end of the night, dude, you're just thinking this is boy, we suck. It's so demoralizing to give up third downs for any team, for any defense. You don't want to give up third downs. And you're absolutely right, man. When you can convert third downs, like you said, doesn't matter how you do it. Third down conversions are your best friend. And if you can convert on third down, you're probably going to win. I remember the 2008 Patriots watching Matt Castle. He was, I don't know what the stats are on this, but when he was first starting games, man, he was just the worst quarterback. Like he, he sucked. And I kept saying to my dad that whole year, I kept saying, man, it's like this guy can't convert third downs. And he would say, yo, boy, you're right. You know, this guy just, no matter what it was, third down, you just knew this guy's not going to convert. And that's when having a guy like Brady who just has ice in his veins and you know he's just not even thinking. Look at all those third down conversions in the AFC Championship game, man. And there was those were all like third and long. The AFC and, – and I think running the ball can certainly help with that if you want to kind of chip away, chip away, chip away, kind of eat some clock. Because a team like the Chiefs, once again, like you mentioned the sidelines. For a team like the Chiefs, that sideline's their best friend, man. That's the 12th man right there. You know, you can get, run a guy out of bounds, maybe stop the clock a few times, get the ball back to Mahomes. But if you're just running up the gut on a team and they're converting all these third downs, that's demoralizing. And by the end of the night, man, the Chiefs, they, they knew they were losing that football game. Just watching it. They, they just looked like a team that knew, like, we're screwed. We can't get the ball back to Mahomes. We're not winning this game. Yeah, you're absolutely right, LB. And to piggyback off this Tom Brady being good, because I, I got some Tom Brady stats that you'll absolutely love. Patriots haters will absolutely hate. But here's some Tom Brady stats for you, LB. Tom Brady intended yards per pass in 2019. So a lot of people think that Tom Brady just throws check downs all the time, which is kind of a false claim here. And I say kind of very nicely because it's actually just a false claim. Average intended air yards 2019. Tom Brady, 8.1. Drew Brees, 8. Philip Rivers, 7.8. Aaron Rodgers, 7.7. Jimmy Garoppolo, 7.1. So, can we start having the conversation of Tom Brady just doesn't check the ball down every play? Why doesn't everyone know this information? Why do people even say these things still? Because since 2016, 
and the and the intended air yards category with next gen stats has been recorded since 2016. Tom Brady's been good in intended air yards. Even last year he wasn't great, but he's still in the in to compare with other quarterbacks, he wasn't terrible or anything like that and he was ahead of all, uh, a couple of other other notable quarterbacks. So let's stop the Tom Brady slander there. And LB, you also like this, and also the rest of the Patriots fans are like this. Tom Brady, you know, people say Tom Brady's been bad this year. Tom Brady's fourth in um, yards above replacement, sixth in DVOA, fifth in PFF grade, 14th in EPA, ninth in QBR, 12th in rating. And so if you kind of add all these up, he's been a top 10 quarterback. And if you have a top 10 quarterback, which is awesome to me. Tom Brady's 42, and he's a top 10 quarterback. And you could argue he's top five, which I would do. And the quarterback I would obviously want if the game was on the line. And at the best defense of the modern era so far, Patriots, really good team. Love to see it. Oh, I love what you just said. I mean, everything you just said is perfect. People get this thing where you can't say any other quarterback is outperforming Tom Brady. And I get it. I love Tom Brady, man. He's that's that's our guy right there, right? Would would die for Tom Brady. But look, it's fine. Whatever. I mean, like you said, he's 42 years old. He's still a top 10 quarterback. So it's not like we're talking like he's dropped off and he's a top 20 quarter. No, he's still a top 10 quarterback. He's already proven. In my opinion, like you, he's already yeah, he's already proven. He doesn't have and to look, anymore. <laughs> he's he's doing things at the age of 42 like we've never seen before. He's starting NFL games and winning NFL games and putting up nice numbers. His numbers all look really good. You just named them off. All very good. Like you said, I'd probably still argue that he's top five just because I, I still think he's probably – in that top five range. I mean, guys that are playing better than him right now, you'd probably have to say Mahomes, uh, you know, uh, Russell Wilson, Watson's playing great. Um, who are the other guys that you would have over him right now, realistically? I'd, some of the names are escaping me at the moment. Those three I would probably say are playing better. So I would have, I would probably have Brady in that four to five range, which is, I mean, do we care, truthfully? If Tom Brady is out there, he's our guy, we love him. And you're just, kicking teams asses at the age of 42 he's still top five top 10 whatever i mean it's looking like he's going to retire with seven rings at this point. he's already got six i mean it doesn't matter what they're doing because like you said if he's if he's a top 10 quarterback he can be a top 15 quarterback with that defense if he gets another ring do you really care about where people want to rate him at this point is there really any point in going on twitter.com and fighting with people saying no he's the best i saw somebody that that ian glending guy get really Somebody said that Brady's, you know, Wilson and, and Mahomes are better than Brady. And he said Brady's still number one. And it's like, look, man, let it go first off. If you want to believe he's still the best quarterback in the NFL, that's fine. Is it really worth debating? Does it really matter? And who really gives a crap if Tom Brady at age 42 isn't the absolute best quarterback in the NFL? I mean, do you care truthfully if he's called the number one quarterback in the NFL? Is that something that you go to bed at night and you say – Man, Tom Brady better be called the best quarterback in the NFL tomorrow on Twitter. I'm going to absolutely lose my shit. <laughs> no, Tom Brady's already proved he's a Hall of Fame quarterback and the greatest quarterback of all time. Hall of Fame quarterback two times, obviously. Two Hall of Fame careers. Some would argue three. LB would get mad, and I don't care at all because it doesn't matter <laughs> to me. And I'll never split up uh, Brady's career even remotely care because the fact is that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time and whatever he does right now is just literally icing on the cake if he's a top 10 quarterback and wins the super bowl again like that's amazing a top when a top 10 quarterback in the nfl wins the super bowl you're like wow this guy's come on like matt ryan wins a quarterback wins the super bowl you'd be like wow man matt ryan look at that that's awesome well, he's tom finally brady, arrived tom brady could do it again and he's 42 it's amazing no, it's a great point, man. And I mean, it's it's something that I don't think that people need to clutch their pearls over. Look, if he's not considered the absolute best in the NFL at this point, don't lose sleep over it. He doesn't need to be called the absolute best quarterback in the NFL right now in 2019. He's been the absolute best quarterback in the NFL plenty of years. He's proved it with three MVPs, other MVP awards that he probably could have won. He's the greatest of all time, and it's not even close. There really is no close second. I mean, no matter what way you slice it up, he's the absolute best. He's the man. You can go to bed at night saying Tom Brady might not be the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's still incredibly good. Even if he's 90% of what he was at one point, that's still perfectly fine. 
and that he's going to probably retire <laughs> with another Super Bowl ring. I mean, do people even realize how ridiculous it, is, ridiculous it is to have six Super Bowls in the NFL in the era that he's done it in? I mean, to win six Super Bowls in a, in a league that's really built on parody and all this other stuff is just – it's ridiculous. It's silly. Yeah, it's very silly. And I just want to point out that LB and I have been – we potted two days ago. And we're already 45 minutes into a podcast with really good content. And who who else in the Patriots world is like doing this? Who else is doing this? 45 minute podcast, long podcasts that are good and have good quality content. You know, some people would probably be on the. De- what, what are like? What's local radio saying today? Like, what are they talking about today? Like Antonio Brown, like some other stupid stuff. Man, I'm so tired of Antonio Brown bullcrap. I just don't care. I wish they never signed him because I'm tired of seeing his name. It's just I, I hate I hate hearing his name. It's so stupid, and and all you Patriots fans, I won't I won't get into it. I, we weren't even going to say his name. I just want to say it. Why even defend it? What's the point of defending it? And just like you're setting yourself up to look bad for a guy who's not coming back. Give it up. He's he's not coming back. Bryson, what would you say the chances of Antonio Brown coming back to the New England Patriots are? Is there a number that's less than zero? Yeah, Antonio Brown's IQ, I think. Let's just <laughs> I mean the the they didn't have to they didn't have to cut him. I mean they cut him and they knew they probably would have to pay him and Kraft really doesn't want to pay him anyway. Like Kraft's really mad at him. Like if you if if your employer fired you because you were a dumb dumb and then you demanded some extra money that you may or may not be entitled to, your employer thinks you're not. And then you also call them out on social media in front of millions of people. I would think that your employer would be just, you know, I'm good on that guy. Like they're I'm laughing at you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, they would probably. The employer would probably say, "I'm good." They're probably just laughing. Like I, they're probably heard, and they're probably just laughing. Like this dude is serious. Like, and you know what makes me mad is that like this dude did this for attention today, and it it just worked incredibly because there's all these fans out there today. Bring back AB. I'm seeing people changing their Twitter names to it. Bring AB back. Like, stop, man. You guys look in. You guys look stupid, and you're defending this guy who's considered a horrible person, and you're just going out of your way to make yourself look stupid for no reason. Like. There's no reason to even – this guy annoys the crap out of me because he brought – he made this a whole thing today, and it worked. It worked incredibly for him because, I mean, now, now everybody's talking about Antonio Brown again. This is what he wants. This is exactly what he wanted. He wanted to do this, get attention out of it, and it worked. Everybody all of a sudden is bring back AB. And the best, most ironic thing I've seen from this is now all the people that are, like, using the craft thing against him. Like, well, look what Kraft did. Oh, you mean the thing that you guys defended him on for the past – Four, five, six months saying that he's totally innocent and did nothing wrong. And now you're saying, well, Kraft's a piece of shit. Look what he did. Like you're using something that you argued for for all that time now as an argument against Kraft so you can bring back AB. This, it, it, it's not making sense in my brain. Like, well, look what Kraft did. Okay. You said he was totally innocent and didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, but neither is Antonio. Okay, well, Antonio didn't have to be texting this chick. He, I don't know. It's just this guy, this guy, he just, he hurts my brain. Antonio Brown just hurts my brain. What hurts my brain is when people on Twitter with verified check marks, which we should have and they should not have because they are bums and we are not bums. They are cowards and we are not cowards. Like at Dan Celia show who tweets stuff like, the Browns are listening to offers for OBJ is true at Patriots and listing the Patriots and also said just got feedback from the Vikings on the Stefan Diggs trade rumors. They are true. And three teams reach out at Patriots and you know, some fans would be like, man, a verified check Mark, which I would say to you with everything in life, you have to ask why, how, and what check Mark important. Why does it really mean you're, Everything you say is true. No, it doesn't mean anything. It actually means nothing. It just means you're the person that you say you are. That's all the check mark means. It doesn't mean you have any va- validation between things that you say. It just means that literally you are the person you say you are, and you create commerce with your per- with yourself. Like your person is a business. Like you are a business, and like this guy is a clown. He literally con- he con- so he comments. His source. He's totally out of source. Names him. He's a scout in Detroit. Kevin Colbert. 
people don't do this with sources. People don't go on there and say, look, this is my source. There's a reason why Adam Schefter says per short source. There's a reason why Ian Rappaport says per source. So this guy, complete clown. And I, I question him. I, I didn't rudely question him. I just said, the way you're throwing out names, which which would actually, the names actually make sense you're throwing out because I've actually thrown out these names. And a couple of these names have been linked to not people that the Patriots have been targeting, have targeting, but that some names that would make sense for the team to target. And when you throw them out as bait, so the fans come in there and you name your source, you're a total clown show. You have no, you have nothing like nothing you say from like, this guy's a clown. Like he got fired from three jobs in one year. Like, this is the kind of people like, that Patriots fans listen to. Like people will be DMing me these tweets like this, and it's like, nope, this is not true, and this guy's a coward, and he should be banned from Twitter for spewing fake news. This is this is an example of fake news, right here. Dan Celia show, you are fake news. This guy, this guy was on Twitter replying to people. So like, I retweeted him. So then I'm tagged. You know, I'm automatically tagged in these replies that he was getting. He was replying to these people thinking that they were talking to him. Like, he doesn't even understand how Twitter works. He's coming on just tagging everybody, tagging the Patriots, using hashtags, hashtags Antonio Brown, oh hashtags Stefan. Like, no way. <laughs> Dan Zelia just had a tweet while we were talking. I, says, I, this must be gold. He says, Drew Rosenhaus has contacted the Patriots on AB84 having a meeting with Kraft and Belichick. Stay tuned. What the... F Dan Celio. First of all, um, someone someone said, I think it was, I think it was the dog, um, the PFT dog. He said that he said, which by the way, PFT dog, which I think that's who he is. You need to start barking a little less loud on Twitter. You can bark all you want, but you know, less exclamation points. Use your inside bark, or else I'm calling the cops and the dog catcher. But he said that he said that Antonio Brown blocked Drew Rosenhaus and it sounded like they were having a they their relationship was a little bit fractured and now he's now this guy is saying Drew Rosenhaus is actually just meeting he's like hey you know what guys I know me, uh, Antonio Brown and I kind of screwed you over the last time we met here but he, we here we are again guys isn't it beautiful no no bad bad Dan Celio go to your room bad at this point, he's just hearing rumors that, like, any Patriots fan can put out there on a group chat, and he's just tweeting it. And this is laughable. And Tony, it's just so stupid. And you know what's going to happen is Patriots fans are going to go batshit crazy now tonight. Antonio Brown's coming back. It's happening. It's not happening. Antonio Brown's not coming back. If he comes back, I might just deactivate my Twitter. Because at that point, I'll just hate life. Because I, I'll just, I'll just, it'll just prove I have absolutely no understanding of how life works. I just don't understand how anybody can think that there's any truth to this bullcrap. Antonio Brown is not coming back. Period. Like, it makes no sense. And how stupid would the head coach who probably had to go to his team and said, I made a decision that was best for the football team look. When he says, well, I decided it was now the best thing for the football team to bring this asswipe back after he bashed our owner. Like... Really? What are people thinking? Are people, is everybody going ape shit with this right now? I'm guessing that everybody's like retweeting it saying, yo, is this guy legit? He's not legit. Like, who's his source? Next he'll say, my source is Drew Rosenhaus. I just had a talk with, like. <laughs> There's actually a meme and it says, and next you'll, next you'll say, I was just pretending to be a clown. <laughs> this is like, oh my god! And he's going right on there saying, "This is my source." <laughs> yeah, check marks. I'm starting to really just think are just like absolute garbage. Like it, it's kind of like bullcrap that you can get a check mark and then just tweet anything you want, and everybody's gonna believe it because of that check mark. I know exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do if you don't have the check mark. You know what's important to have next to your name, LB. And this this question was raised on Twitter. What do all the pump What do all the pumpkins mean? And I said I had a very good answer. I said this means that this person is probably friends with me. I see a lot of pumpkins. It's very cool. LB has LB has a much cooler name than me. I hate my name. Twitter. My name's King Bryson. I want to change it. It was only we only, I only made it King Bryson um, to make fun of Handsome Jake, who everyone knows because he calls himself Handsome Jake. And then Shy did it too. And we like 
I want to change it, but I don't want to change it because I like things to remain the same. But the pumpkin remains the same. You should have your name as a pumpkin. LB does, of course, because he's a man of the culture. He's a very handsome, smart guy, so he's going to have a pumpkin in there. And you can also add a spider web or a ghost, but do not add a spider because that's, a, that's too scary. Some people have arachnophobia, and that's very bad. So don't put a spider on there. That's bad. But you should have I, a pumpkin. You should have a pumpkin. I have to totally agree with you there, sir. I mean, come on. Spiders are scary. Nobody likes spiders. Nobody's scared of a pumpkin. I mean, spider webs are kind of edgy, too. I mean, I, I don't know about you. When I walk through a spider web, I kind of freak out. Like, I'm like, oh, no, there's a spider. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of just lose your mind for a minute. I don't know. Let's ask Dan. How the hell do you say his last name? Gracio? Cancelio. Dan Celio. Let's ask him if he wants to be a part of Pumpkin Twitter. I loved it, man. Jake Vila was having this whole insane fight with that kid. I am Vake Jilla, I think his name is, on uh, Twitter. He, kid is hilarious. He was having this whole fight with some weird kid on Twitter, right? And he said something like about like him banging his mom or something, something goofy. And the guy responded to him, said, I'm sorry, but my mom passed away in 1998. And and Jake was just and Jake just says, stay out of this, Dan. This is between me and him. You go back to spewing fake rumors on your account like you've been doing, and let me handle this. I, I died laughing because it's just like this guy's being told to stay out of this conversation on his own Twitter handle. Like, what a friggin' loser! That's awesome, LB. Speaking of spider webs, actually, shout out to Jake. Shout out to Jake. Just roasting people on Twitter. Go Patriots, Jake. He'll know. He'll get the reference. <laughs> But ignore the noise. Ignore the noise, baby. You know, I like to frequently run in the woods because, of course, why would I not? But the thing about running in the woods is, like, there's spider webs, and there's a lot of them on little trails especially. They like putting spider webs at your head level so because that's where the flies and the gnats and the bugs like to fly. But So the other day I'm running, and it was me and my dog, and we were running, and you know, people bike this trail, and a prominent attorney from in the town is coming around the corner. I didn't see him, but I just had run through a spider web. I hate spider webs. And the entire spider web got on me. Like, gnats were everywhere. It was a very filled spider web. And I, and I was just, like, grabbing the air and punching the air and screaming F-bombs and stuff like that. And probably looking like I belonged in the lunatic asylum. And then around the corner comes probably the one of the smartest guys around. And he's like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, ah, crap. Yeah, I just look like a complete moron. This guy thinks I'm the biggest dope in the world, which I am. So shout out to Spiderwebs for making me look like a moron. Probably ruin, ruining future employment. Hate to see it. Dude, I, I, I'm sorry, but spiderwebs are the worst, all right? Because you walk through a spiderweb, it's almost worse than the spider itself because, like, now you don't know where the spider could be. Spiderwebs are awful, man. Maybe you should make that a rule. No more spiderwebs either. It should be, like, a bat and, like, a pumpkin or something like that because bats aren't too bad, like a bat and a pumpkin. Maybe, maybe, maybe yes. let's cancel spiderwebs. No. I, yeah, I, I have. I think I have a spider web on mine still, but I don't like spider webs. But I have it because I just want to. I just it's very scary, it's, but it's not. It's the appropriate level of scary. Like you should be afraid of spider webs, but you shouldn't think of it. Spiders, they're always around you, so you should always fear the spider. The web is just the result of the spider, therefore it's less scary. But bats, LB. If you actually, if you go outside and you actually look up at at. In the evenings, you can see a whole bunch of them. It's actually really cool. Bats are really no, cool. Bats they, are like, cool. They rocks at them and shit, and they'll dive at them because they just like love like diving at shit that has sound. It's the coolest thing ever. They just love diving at shit. Like Dan Celio likes to just like Dave fucking Tank. Dive. Like bats and Dave Tank are just coming down <laughs> from above and just destroying things everywhere in their path and everything in their grasp. Like Dave Tank and bats. <sighs> Dave Tank 68, man. That guy, it, it doesn't matter what we do. Look, that guy, he, would, he would break us out of prison. He, look, it's like bats have supersonic like he, hearing because they're blind. So like they have like superpower hearing. So they know when like bugs and shit are coming so they can dive on and just attack. And Dave Tank has like supersonic Twitter stupidity vision. So he like knows when you're being stupid on Twitter and he's like, he just swoops in and he just absolutely eviscerates you and he just owns you and there's nothing you can do about it. And you, there's no corner at Twitter you can hide in because Dave Tank is going to come in there and he's going to absolutely destroy you and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're just going to leave and you're going to think, 
holy crap, Dave Tank just owned me. I need to stop saying stupid things on Twitter. What are the front lines of our uh, of our army? You know, I'd say it has to be Dave Tank, probably Shobbs, right? <laughs> Shobbs has to be on that front line, man. He's been defending me for years. Like, he'll just like I remember I had some stuff with Dolphins fans back like December, and people were like, "What are you like an LB groupie kid? Like, what do you just reply to everything defending him?" And it was funny because like he was defending me. Like, I've seen LB's face. LB actually played. For, I was like, yeah, man, that's what I like to hear. He's like telling people like my personal life, and I'm like, yeah, go get him, Shobbs, man. Own these freaks. Shobbs is on those front lines, man. Who else is it? Dave Tank, Shobbs. Who's on those front lines? Um, I think I think he just got it, LB. But actually, right now, I actually have to leave because my dog is crying, and that means I have to take him outside because. I am his master, and it's a very weird relationship to have with another <laughs> another animal on Earth, but here we are. So I'm left to take care of my dog, so I don't want the people on the podcast to hear my dog cry for too long. So I'm very sorry, LB, but if, if I had to say, I would definitely say a Shobbs, Dave Tank, um, obviously Jake, and it used to be Donut, but he hates us now. He's probably still listening. But shout out to all of them. Uh, shout out to my dog. Shout out to LB. Shout out to Title Talk. Shout out to Fitzy, who we hope to have on the podcast after the Giants game. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Anything else you got to say to the people, LB? I mean, we're, we're the men of the people right now. We're ma- we are men, men of the people. people. There's nothing that we care more about the people that listen to this podcast. They're absolutely owning. And the people that don't listen can absolutely weep and cry and be cowards. Imagine if you're listening and not retweeting and favoring so you can spread our love and joy everywhere. Like, this is the best Patriots talk you're going to listen to. It's not like we're not going to bore you to death with X's and X's and O's. I'm going to give you a funny story. LB's going to say something funny always, probably five or six times and make us laugh. <laughs> it's great. It's great stuff. Hey, man, this, these, these podcasts are a blast. Otherwise, why, you know, why would we do them? We do them for the people, man. You know, I, I feel like we have a pretty good – pretty good feel of what's going on with them Patriots fans. And we kind of talk about what they want to talk about. You know, I know right now a lot of people probably want to talk about Antonio Brown. We talked about it a little bit, kind of a waste of time. We can't, what's the point of talking about the Giants? We know they're going to absolutely suck and get rolled tomorrow. Patriots defense owning, Patriots owning, Tom Brady owning at the age of 42. Bryson's dog shitting very soon. <laughs> I love to see it, OB. And I love to see it. <laughs> love you. Love title talk. And, uh, Hope hope LB can catch the the private title talk uh, plane tomorrow because I will be at the Giants game. Just kidding, I won't be there. But I have the title talk plane, and I'm hoping LB can go because I actually have to work and I have a job. So, LB, you can you're welcome to take the title talk uh, jet. I mean, I know you loaned us a million dollars the other day for fuel and stuff like that, but we have a little trip to Bora Bora this weekend because the Patriots are on a mini buy. We're looking forward to it. But so LB, if you want to take the jet out, you're very welcome to and. We love to see it, and I will talk to you soon, my good friend. I will talk to you soon, sir, and the love is mutual. I love you all, but I mostly love Bryson and FL. We love it.